0: Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of the Meet the Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Arteen Zahiri and I'm the co-host of this feature along with Amir Kashwani. Today we're speaking with Isaac Onakabe, founder and CEO of One Question. One Question is a mobile app that has children answer curriculum-aligned educational questions in order to earn screen time on their devices. Parents have full control by using the One Question Parent app to make changes to the settings, as well as track their child's progress in real time. Isaac, well, to kick things off, uh, it would be great if you could explain to our audience what One Question is.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, One Question looks to solve the problem, that's actually the number one problem the parents face today, uh, which is their kid's unproductive screen time. Um, You know, if you're a parent or if you've seen parents, and kids, you'll notice that um, kids are constantly on their devices. Um, I know, I've got three daughters. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, and, and you know, it, it really is sort of a, um, a double-edged sword. As a parent, you want your kids to be doing something productive on their device. Um, and especially with young kids, when you take the device away from them, then you become the primary entertainer. And so <laughs> you're like, oh man, You know, I got to take that device away, but then I'm going to be the primary entertainer. So um, yeah, it's a challenge. So what one question does is we look to make your kid's screen time productive. And the way we do that um, is by having kids earn screen time through engaging with curriculum aligned content. So the more your child earns, the more screen time they earn. It's almost, you can think of it like a currency. So your child earns screen time, which they can then deploy across uh, any number of apps or app categories that you want them to. Um, and when they're done, when they've, when they've run out of screen time, then they got to go back into one question, engage with more educational content and earn more screen time. So we're making that screen time productive.
0: That's awesome. And uh, Isaac, talk to us about the decision initially, you, uh, you launched this um, within the Australian market Um, recently uh, expanding to the States. What was the kind of uh, reasoning behind that geographic focus?
1: Um, Well, you know, the the beauty of being an app-based business um, is that, you know, we're we're really born global. So um, you want to be able to absolutely maximize that, especially when you're working with a, you know, a high-velocity product-led go-to-market strategy. You want to be able to try and capture as much of your addressable market as possible as quickly as possible. And so, but 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 there, there's also a double-edged sword because um, you need to have a proving ground first uh, before you can actually push go. So, you know, with the business actually being founded in Australia, it made sense, uh, you know, to get it out there, get feedback, um, make sure that we iterate, and then when we're ready, um, then look to expand. So we launched, Is right, right. We launched here in the U.S. about a week and a half ago. Uh, we're looking to launch in the UK at the end of April, um, and then um, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, uh, and probably about ten additional English-speaking countries in May.
0: Fantastic, yeah, and uh, congratulations on the on the recent launch in the United States. And um, yeah. to take to take it a step back, uh, you know, when when looking at your background, you know, I see this is. Um, you know, venture. You know, pretty recent uh, that you launched, um, but you know, clearly have a lot of extensive experience working in different fields before. Would you mind uh, maybe telling us a bit about your your background, your upbringing? What part of your experiences led you uh, to start? One question. Um, yeah, sure. I I grew up in
1: California, uh, Los Angeles, California, um, and uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I think uh, I think I was employed for a period of about two months, and that was. Um, uh, in a transitionary phase when I had sold one of my businesses and the and I was uh, sort of betting it down within another within the acquirer businesses um, you now my background's been actually quite varied uh, I'm very much a generalist actually I wouldn't say I'm a generalist i, 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 I you know my 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 superpower uh, really is um, finding those people that are a hell of a lot smarter than I am and coercing them, cajoling them, seducing them, whatever it needs to get, you know, to to get them onto the team. Um, and so I, I, I love building businesses. I love building teams. That's probably what I really enjoy most. Um, in Australia, I've done I had quite a few different ventures. I built uh, Australia's largest bagel bakery and retail chain. Um, and, you know, we sold it to a, a bagel a bakery conglomerate in Australia. We, I was um, built Australia's largest online skincare retailer, um, and you know we sold that to Drugstore.com here in the U.S. Um, I've been involved in a very deep tech venture, uh, building privacy-preserving technology, which is something that I'm very passionate about, um, and that is a very that 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 journey because it's the only real deep tech venture I've ever been involved in. And you can liken deep tech to pharmaceutical companies creating you know, new drugs, although maybe not so much now because coronavirus has shrunken down the whole concept of lab, you know, lab trials from 10 years to 10 months. But, you know, um, uh, sorry, just a bit of that. So Tide is a um, privacy preserving technology business. And that, that's been a lot of fun. One question um, is really the polar opposite. Uh, it is a absolutely super simple concept uh, and the origin story uh, for one question is something that I think a lot of parents would um, identify with. So I've got three daughters, um, 13, 14, and, and 24 at the time of founding One Question, which was in September 2020. So we were in lockdown in Australia in the middle of September 2020. And 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 back then, you know, Australian lockdown laws were quite severe. so. Um, you we were only allowed one member of the family out of the house for about an hour a day um and so what, what that meant was that you know, my daughters who were usually hibernating in the rooms actually came out because it was nowhere else to be uh and so we were all in the living room one day and reality was that they could have been in different planets they were just on their on their iphones and glued to them uh, and my wife turned to me and she said you know i want Alyssa, who with the age of 13 still did not know her times tables. So if you ask her what six times seven, you'll we'll see her go seven, 14, 15, 16, 17. Um, but like I said, all three of them Jedi status and using their phones, just yeah, glued to their device, to their faces. So you know, Anne said to me, um, hey, you know, I want to listen to answer a times table question before she can get on TikTok. And I remember looking at her and going, that is absolutely brilliant. You know, <laughs> Download the app. I'm in. Um, and Anne came to me about an hour later. She said, there is no app. And I, I I did sort of, I guess, middle-aged male techie thing. I went, move over, babe. I'll find it for you. Uh, um, I spent two hours and didn't find it. So we built it. That was, uh, that was the origin story for One Question.
0: That's a great story. And honestly, uh, even for for people like Mir and I's age, uh, you know, when our 20s, very, very much resonate with that. I'm sure if uh, if before I h- could hop on like Twitter or Reddit, I had to answer a math question, I'd be much more productive with my day. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> one
1: question for adults is coming up next. And Perfect. one for enterprise as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're thinking in the right places for sure. Isaac, uh, you know, when you were talking about all these different kinds of ventures you've had, it's, it's really interesting to see you, you know, be successful in many different industries, like you said. Um, I'm curious, where did that initial um, like thirst, passion for entrepreneurship come from? Somebody who's a serial entrepreneur like yourself uh, at a young age was was your family involved in in, in a you know in a business or, or where did yeah. that initially come from?
1: Well, you know, I mean, uh, my family immigrated to the U.S. Um, and um, and I think like the the you know the child of immigrant parents, um, and and that's not to the exclusion of you know uh, naturally born and raised. Uh, families, but you know, in my family uh, education was was like really important for my parents. Uh, you know, they they put our education, the kids' education. I've got two, I've got a brother and a sister. Um, they put that you know well ahead of of creature comforts or 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 even their own comfort. Um, you know, to the point where we lived um, in an area that had a uh, um, a catchment area for an awesome school. It's like a great school. My parents couldn't afford to send us to private school. Um, and so they scraped together every penny so that we can rent a place um, in the catchment area of the public school. But what that meant was that there wasn't any money at home. Um, you know, I, my, my, my job then was um, delivering newspapers. Um, and whatever money I made went into a little box at home. You know, it was like a, that was my sort of contribution back into the family. Um, and I think that was that was the early stages of me understanding that, hey, you know, if I get out there and I work, I can earn. Uh, and If I can earn, I can help my family. Um, and that's where entrepreneurship was instilled in me because I knew that, you know, at first I started off delivering newspapers and then I had a little lemonade stand. And <laughs> but, uh, you know, my friends, could see me make money from the lemonade stand they wanted to open up their own so I thought well this is great you know I'll make lemonade and sell it to you and you can sell it to you know to, <laughs> so started a little franchise business <laughs> uh, Lemonade. You know, I had my, my sister helping me my mom helping me Made these jugs of lemonade and we had like five or six lemonade stands for friends around the area and um you know I realized well I can make more money doing this um than actually working for someone else
2: I think uh, that's like super inspiring. Um, I definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, I think our team and I are both um, first-generation Americans. Yeah. Um, education definitely at the forefront. Um, I remember I started a lemonade stand when I was a kid with like all my there friends. You know, we took all our money and we went to Pizza Hut at the end of the summer and went to the buffet. Like, you know, like, it was just so funny. And, um, you know, selling candy in school, stuff like that. I mean, that's these funny. are the experiences, right? that. Really teach you at a young age, like n- not all, just like what you're capable of, right? And like what other opportunities exist. I feel a lot of people who may not lean into that. They they don't. Um, that switch is never is never turned on in their brain, right?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah.
2: No, I think that's um no that's a really um that's a really passion empowering story. Um. So as a as just to circle back to like one question. Um. Now that we know how, you know where your inspiration comes from what is what is your what is like your exact go to market plan with targeting each of these um geographies that you're going in? is there like a specific type of parent that you guys are going for? I know that all parents who have kids definitely have their kid be using technology I mean it's like yeah. it's just universal at this point, but I'd love to hear your thoughts more on that
1: yeah no i I um I've always believed that uh, you know, the go-to-market strategy is probably one of the most, if not the most, uh, important parts of any business, um, because the product we can really iterate on, uh, as long as we've got sort of problem-solution fit, even before we get to product-market fit. But the reality is that to get to product-market fit, you need to have a go-to-market strategy. Um, and so many awesome businesses just die there. Uh, so. You know, I, I and, and I'll put my hand up. I'm still trying to figure out the market strategy for one question. Um, the, the way that we're approaching it at the moment is very much shotgun style. Um, and, and we're doing that off the back of some pretty decent analytics from our beta version. And that's the other thing I'm also very passionate about is, you know, get that get that alpha product out there, get that beta product out there, get that feedback, you know, don't rush out. Don't, don't worry about all the, ugliness and the first version of one question literally just had the one through 13 times table in the back and a randomizer function in front that was it it was just there for Alyssa to nail her times tables right it was just ugly as hell but we had 50 families and friends using it within a week and a half of getting out there um, and two weeks later Alyssa nailed the times tables and that was the aha moment for me so it was like wow okay repetition you know, she was answering 27 questions a day, um, every day, and if her and I had the mental fortitude to sit down together and and go through 27 times two questions a day, she would have gotten it as well. But um, the 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 reason that that ha- why that impacted um, the current go to market strategy is because we realized that it it's it's an it's an issue that impacts so many parents, and so um, we just adopted the sort of lowest hanging fruit approach and went okay well let's let's target parents with kids of our target age range you know sort of sweet spot being six seven eight nine years old ten years old right. and let's just put an ad in front of them saying hey wow, are your kids spending too much time online
2: i think that's the easy question right like everyone has like, to say yes yeah, i mean
1: yeah, the, and, and like everything else in negotiations the most important thing is to first get your counterpart to nod their head like yeah <laughs> Great. So are your kids spending too much time on it? Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. We're in. Um, (laughs) But, you know, these days, and and so we use that primarily in performance marketing. um, And performance marketing is a, um, it's a beautiful thing when you nail it because you've built a sausage making factory, right? You know, every single time it's going to come out the same. The only question is how deep is it? Um, And it is very deep for in our market is very deep, you know, 40 odd million kids just in the U.S. Um, so that is, has been our initial go-to-market strategy. Um, that's not a clever go-to-market strategy, you know, that's just a uh, off-the-shelf, and, and 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 it's not going to be one that gives us a, um, or doesn't allow us to extend our first-mover advantage. So a lot of my time these days is spent on trying to figure out what is that clever go-to-market strategy. Um, and for me, it's about finding a one-to-one-to-many approach or a teach-to-teacher approach. Um, because if I can empower someone else to um, to spread the gospel about one question, um, then I can reach a lot more people a lot faster. So I don't have an answer for you, uh, except to say that, yes, we're working through performance marketing. Yes, we're getting some good results there. Um, it's you know a, a fairly simple, automated solution. Um, yes we do do pr because that is important you know this is like i said it's a because we're a product-led business it's about awareness first and from there a trial and then into a description um, but we're also working uh through one-to-one to many relationships like working with tutoring companies you know where we can allow tutors to create custom questions for their students um mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of sense because the student is now revising the content that the tutors taught them in between tutoring visits, and
2: basically the new type of homework i mean that's what you guys are inventing you guys are exactly right reinventing how people should think about homework which i think is a fascinating concept
1: and you know i think um that actually is the area that we're heading to because you know if i can gamify screen time based on your kids homework (laughs) <laughs> that's it. we are now aligned with the school and the parents and that is the ultimate one-to-one uh one-to-one to many go-to-market strategies so that's where i'm spending a lot of my time these days trying to figure out how can you give screen time based on work
2: i think um your uh humbleness regarding go-to-market and <laughs> claiming that it's a non-go-to-market plan is uh is a little uh funny but you guys are, i mean you definitely have a plan i think um always wanting to be better, right, and come up with a more creative plan, something that is a little bit um, more sticky, stuff like that. I think that that's a necessary mindset to maintain, but I, I think as you were talking about it more, it, it um, I can like easily see this, like uh, I think this is like a very community-based thing, right? Like you said understand. you brought it, like when you invented it, right? You first, you brought it to your community, you said you saw 50 parents using it, right? Yeah. As, as soon as you bring it to a group of parents or, any sort of community, whether it's ethnic, racial, or religious, like they're gonna want everyone, all their kids to do better, be better, all this good stuff. So I think there's definitely like a kinder box there waiting for you to light it up. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. One, one, of, one of the things I wanted to bring up is that the idea of um, kids like earning uh, screen time and then spending the screen time is uh, really cool. I, I saw that Tide is, like a blockchain protocol. So I actually work in the crypto industry, um, like full-time, that's like my day job. So when you said that, like, I was thinking, you know, you were like, oh, they can deploy their time and stuff like that is kind of like lingual that makes me think about that. Like, what is, um, is there any like inspiration from like your work there that kind of led you to how you're uh, approaching this uh, screen time earning uh, issue?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I think one thing that, you know, when we look at um, at the blockchain world, uh, you know, we, we and, I, and I've spent five years there, I think the most important thing that I've been able to take away from um, from the decentralized approach is that it only works when everyone, all the actors' incentives are aligned. So, you know, if you cannot align the incentive for every single individual actor, um, it's going to fail. Because in a decentralized world, everyone is doing this because they want to. So there's the, the, you know, if you don't want to do it you, because you're not incentivized properly, you're not going to do it. Um, and so you know, when we looked at one question, Whilst one question today is not a, um, you know, we're not a, a crypto-based um, business. We are, we spent a lot of time on the gamification side of things um, and ensuring that we have alignment between all of the various stakeholders. Uh, and the, we learned a lot of really, really interesting things doing that. So, you know, when we first started one question, I think I shared with you guys, it just had the one to 13 times tables in the back. Uh, And then I went, okay, well, let's build out math because we're already here. So, you know, we built out 40,000 curriculum aligned uh, math questions for Australia, the UK, and the US curriculum, all three, because I figured we're going to launch there. It took me two weeks and 15 grand. That's it. Um, And I remember finishing that and went, okay, we are not going to be a content first business because that is not something that is defensible. Uh, it contents a commodity. So uh, from the very early days, uh, we built one question as a platform and a platform that powers up a two-sided marketplace. On the one side on the demand side are parents today and you know adults down the track, but parents today. And it's an, it's an asymmetrical curve back to um, the supply side, which are subject matter experts, your teachers, your tutors, your scientists, your tour guides right, people who really know their stuff. And what they do is they create content in the form of a course, and a course is made up of a bunch of classes. And a class in my world is a one minute TikTok style video with five assessment questions against it. Um, And, you know, the student earns screen timer by engaging with those um, uh, assessment questions and the video. So, you know, we, we understood that we needed to be a platform to be able to get away from creating our own content. And when realizing just how powerful repetition is, um, especially when you're including um, the right type of learning engine on top of it, um, you know, our mission really became to allow anyone to learn anything from any subject matter expert. And to do that, we need to align everyone's interests. And so in our world, you know, the parents' interests are there. Uh, because they want their child to actually have their springtime be productive. The child's interest is there as well, because you know what, they need to be doing this stuff. So, you know, Alyssa needed to learn times tables. So she can either do it seamlessly throughout her day with using one question, or she can set aside time to do it. We've got high school kids asking us to put rules of the road so that they can get their driver's license test. You know, we got kids coming to us and saying, Hey, I've got a geography exam. Can we load up the geography questions because I need to do this? So, you know, that interest is aligned. The real question came in, how do we get content at scale? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we've done there is decided to deploy a revenue share model uh, where, teachers and tutors and tour guides can create these courses based on micro learning moments and parents can choose what they want their kids to learn to engage with. Um, And then we can share the revenue between us and and the creators. So the aspect of gamification um, and the aspect of ensuring that every actor's interests align is something that was instilled in me through my time with Tide. It wasn't something that I had learned in any of my other businesses, to be honest with you.
2: Got it. I think uh that's a really poignant point. Um just to comment on what I mean what based on what you said, what I perceived as a double sided marketplace model, right? Where you have yeah. Yeah. students and you have content creators. Yeah. Um I think that's that I was gonna bring that up later. So I'm glad that you talked about that. Um I wanted to uh ask keeping that in mind like as a potential like competitive mode, right? Like what is stopping, um, right? Like an app like TikTok from just launching their own parental control system that has a similar function. I think that the easy answer is content, right? Like you said, because content at scale is difficult and like customizing that content specifically to students, districts, whatever countries based on the curriculum right. is, is yeah, gonna yeah. be tough. Um, but I just was curious to know if you had any thoughts on defensibility in the long term.
1: Uh, I agree with you. I think um, in, in the short term, the answer is content. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the medium term, the answer is credibility. Uh, and that is the type of content that comes up. So, you know, who's doing it? So, for us, it's around teachers, it's around schools. Um, and don't forget, because our main customers are parents, um, the parent wants to know that the content is credible. So, it's not just the scale of content, but the credibility as well. Um, and that, that, that talks into our go to market strategy. So if we can if we can actually get in if we can get introduced to a parent through a school, as you said, it is game over um, because it doesn't matter if another competitor is there. Uh, you know, they, they, at that stage, it's about credibility first and foremost. What is my child learning? Um, and you know, I do think that down the track we will need to address the issue that um, decentralization has solved so well, and that is you know, the co- the concept of, of um, I- ensuring that the supply side, the creators, um, are having the right network effects, so that as one creator comes on board, um, there's actually a benefit to existing creators that the economy expands. And I don't know how to solve that yet, uh, but there are a lot of ways to do that through crypto. Um, and, and luckily today, there's a lot of ways, you know, to marry fiat and crypto together as well. So um, I think the, the defensibility, just go back through it. It is the content, it is the credibility, um, and it is the go-to-market strategy. And then somewhere down the track, it's going to need to also be the stickiness.
2: I like that a lot. Um, I think, yeah, I think in the short term, like, or sorry, in the long term, like I think that there is a decentralization Method there so that you can ensure that the content creators network is accretive as it grows, right? That that's right. Positive flywheel concept that you see, yeah. um, amongst a lot of like web three companies. Um, I think that's a that's a wonderful like target in the long term, and uh, and I think we're all in agreement, right? If you are the first mover into a specific district school district, then um, it's almost like a winner takes all market.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're aiming for, <laughs> Isaac. Uh, you know. Talked about a lot of really interesting things as we think about, you know, parents and, and getting them on board. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, my, my parents, my parents watch our podcasts uh, and, you know, share a lot of, there's a lot of word of mouth, right, in the parental community. Yeah. Um, what kind of, what kind of message would you like to share with, with, with our audience and where can they, uh, where can they find one question and how easy is it to get, you know, up and running on their child's uh, smartphone? Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I, I guess the primary message is, hey, you know, um, this is an important project. Um, this is a project that can impact not just my kids, your kids, uh, but it's a project that can impact a lot of kids. And, and, and the reality is screens are not going away and screen time is not going away. And the algorithm of, of, of big tech is only going to get better. And so, you know, the real concern here is that unless we figure out ways to make our kids screen time productive, um, and we may be one, uh, one part of a solution. But, but collectively, as a society, we need to figure out a way to ensure that we don't lose our kids to the algorithms that are only going to improve and screens that are only going to ever be more present. Um, so you know, try, try one question and 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 tell me where we're when we can make it better. In fact, you know um, our, our our we've got an email address that says "Make it better at one question dot, dot app, right? because We are still very much in our beta stage um, and we want as much feedback as possible because that's the only way we're going to make it better. And we're going to help solve this collective challenge in terms of where you can get one question. It's on the app store. Uh, Just type in one, the number one, and then question and then parent, because there's two apps as a parent app and child app. Um, And we've done our best so far to make the installation a five minute gig. Um, There, there, There's some limitations because we're the first app in the world to be able to use the iOS 15 screen time API and that does require that there are things like family sharing set up and and your child's logged in with their own Apple ID account, Uh, but once you've got that done, uh, it's just a breeze and it really is a set and forget.